Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Laugh. You're listening to Songs in the Key of Laugh. I'm Phil Nickel. And I'm David Timms. And we have an amazing show today. Well, you have a doozy of a show. A doozy. A do- <laughs> we, we have a doozy. I can't say doozy. I know. You're making fun of me for saying doozy. It's a very Canadian thing to say. Yeah, when I say it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound the same. Doozy. doozy. Coming up later, we've got a doozy. We've got a doozy. No, you sound... It, when I say it, it sounds like doozy makes it sound like a like something a dirt, Like something dirty, yeah. <laughs> Mommy, I did a doozy. <laughs> Well, we've got a doozy of a show. On today's show, we're going to be discussing comedy songs and how they hide in the most obscure places. Um, they hide in plain sight, basically. And we'll explain a little more about that. Uh, we've also got our comedy song contest or competition, as you call it. Our competition. Com- it's not, co- contest. It's, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. I mean, send in your songs to the comedy song contest because there is prize money. At the end of the 10 weeks, we're going to be picking our two top favorite songs from the contest. Con- competition Nuts contest Yeah that's the one uh, We've also got our quick fire parody game Which David you did very well last week Well I, I think I did do quite well last week yeah. So so maybe maybe it's your turn to take on the baton Ooh, I find that one of the most scary things to do The quick fire parody game And we're going to be discussing silly songs sing- Singing some silly songs Discussing some silly songs Talking about ubiquity The ubiquity Ubiquity, 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 ubiquity. No, you did. Of comedy songs, and we're going to be listening to an interview with one of my favorite comedy musicians ever, and a very dear friend, the wonderful Kirsty Newton. She was a very eccentric, kind of kind of tiny, four foot eleven Lancastrian kind of powerhouse she was like this she had a different hat for every day of the year she lived in a bright pink house <laughs> and she had like a stave like a wooden uh, like a, a wrought iron stave on her on her gates on her drive wow. which had um B G G S sharp which is who is sylvia which was her name which is oh. it was a, a lovely musical joke but in wrought iron on her oh. drive so as we've been doing this podcast, David, I've been enjoying sort of exploring comedy songs more. I mean, I was in a relatively successful musical comedy act called Corky and the Juice Pigs, as you may, maybe the listeners know that already. Um, but one of the things that used to amuse us was that you could find comedy songs almost anywhere, you know, and it doesn't just mean like Frank Zappa lyrics or Ian Drury and the Blockhead lyrics or Jonathan Richmond and things like that. You could actually find comedy in like uh, commercial jingles. Yes. Uh, yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Or or even as far as like even ringtones, you know, like the crazy crazy frog and stuff like that. Those crazy are, frog. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. In fact, okay, I'll hear a little bit of trivia for you. I was on a show with Roland Rivron and I had all the other guests on the show with me was a guy called Thomas Dolby, who might, you might be a little young for this, but Thomas Dolby was a music star, like an English electronica uh, star who right. wrote a song called They Blinded Me With Science. Do you remember that? No. They blinded me with science. Science! And he had, the, it was one of the first <laughs> samples ever used by a guy called Magnus Pike, who had a TV show called Don't Ask Me uh, here in Britain. He's like an English, I, actually was Thomas Dolby English? Anyway, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but anyway, he had the song, They Blinded Me With Science. Science! So Blinded Me With Science, the song, which went to like number two in the American charts, but it was number, number one. It was number one in Canada for weeks. I mean, like, anything can get to number one in Canada. Yeah, though. but it was also rated as like one of VH1's like top 20 one hit wonders of all time. I've, I've seen the video for it as it, well. It's, it, it's it, rated, it rated above The Only Gay Eskimo, which I can't believe. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> not bitter about that at all. <laughs> exactly, not bitter about it at all. So anyway, uh, Roland Riveron had me on a radio show of his and it had Thomas Dolby as the other guest. And Thomas Dolby, knowing that this is his one hit wonder song, he actually had more songs than that, but um, look, go and look them up. But um, he had actually dedicated years of his life to creating ringtones. And he had actually started a company because he was big into... Um, you know, technology and um, keyboards and stuff. Yeah. And he'd gone to Silicon Valley and started a company called Retro Ringtones, LLC. And they created all the ringtones. The most famous one, and get this, this is the trivia, was the Nokia ringtone. He did the Nokia one. Thomas Dolby composed, because someone has to compose it. You don't think about that, do you? Yeah, no. I, so Somebody the, had to compose it. So pl do you know it? Play it. The da 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 that one. That one. Play um, it. Yeah. That is going to make so many people reach for their phone, by the way, right now. <laughs> but that's that little piece, that little composition right there has, has made Thomas Dolby rich because every time that ringtone rang, it's royalty. Th Thomas Dolby would make money from it. Whoa. And he probably just made some money from it there. Well, congratulations, mate. <laughs> So something that I find amusing uh, because they they stay in your head for your whole entire life. Mm. Uh, certain like jingles, mm. uh, for, yeah. for example, there's um, uh, the washing machines live longer with Calgon. Yeah, no, that seems familiar to me. But because I was raised in Canada, we had a completely different set of jingles. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, similar. There's, I have heard that one, Calgon. Maybe it's because I've lived here long enough that I know Calgon. Uh, Washing machines are better with Calgon. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know? Do you know the the one for club? For uh, but this no. was in like the eighties, so I don't even know why I know. I because we used to watch VHSs that were really old. Club the club the biscuits. yeah biscuits right, which is um. Uh, if you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, join our club. I do know that one. Yeah, and then they do it in different voices. If you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit. Chocolate. And it'd be like guys in a swimming pool, like yeah. divers. If you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, and then you have David Bowie do it. If you like a lot of chocolate, David Bowie did this club. He didn't do that one, no. But I just say it was the only voice I know how to do. Jacob Club Biscuits. <laughs> if you like chocolate. Why would he do it with the Canadian That, that was the on? one, though. There was a Jake. Yeah, they did the thing at the end as well. They did the Jacob Club Biscuits. More chocolate for your money? More chocolate for your money? If you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, join the club. 
And so, so much chocolate on their biscuits that put them out of business. Did it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah, but we had a lot of different um, commercial jingles in Canada, and I don't even know if they're comedy songs, but they feel like comedy songs because they're not—they're not obviously written to raise emotions, or you know, the the artist isn't emoting. You know, it's not Jolene. Um, there was one, and there was quite a few in Canada. It was the A and W root beer, which was like a boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. There's this great big bear that you see like as a kid. It just makes me make me laugh. Not technically a comedy song, but it, it's a was funny, it a tuba playing the instrument? Was it? Play it. What is with the percussion? I, what was I don't know. I never noticed that as a kid. That's just suddenly people playing ping pong or something. <laughs> just in the background. <laughs> well, I used to really howl at TV commercials when we were young, especially the more seriously they took themselves. Because, I mean, they're not technically, jingles aren't technically comedy songs, but there was one, I remember uh, at like late night television, there was like a... Tourism Ontario had one that went like this. It went, it's a place to stand. It's a place to grow. We call this land Ontario. A place to stand, a place to grow. We call this land Ontario. <laughs> so you, you had to advertise and, yeah. advertise the province. And we, and we used to laugh because my brother used to go, Ontario. <laughs> it's a place to stand. It's a place to grow. We call this land Ontario A place to stand, a place to grow Ontario <laughs> <laughs> Something about that just made me laugh As if that song was going to make people move to Ontario Yeah, I don't think they do They don't think they have the same tactic in Slough <laughs> <laughs> In Slough be like Do you want to die? Oh my God. Sad and alone Move to Slough <laughs> Move to Slough. <laughs> Nothing happens there. You'll never own a thing. Move to Slough. Move to Slough. <laughs> um, if you would, if you are from the uh, tourist board of Slough and you'd like to use that song, uh, we, we, we will take it <laughs> we'll to license offers. it to you. Yeah. Do you have a ringtone? Uh, yeah, but it's quite it's quite plain because now ringtones you can actually sample real songs. Like uh, mine's Jolene. I don't. I very rarely have my phone switched on, but I have Jolene for some reason. Do, do you have a? Per- you don't have like a separate one for me. What do you mean? I just I just think it'd be nice if you had a separate ringtone for me. Oh yeah, for you I have Crazy Frog. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. No, actually, <laughs> Crazy Crazy Frog is an interesting one because it wasn't really. It was originally ringtone. Right, and then it would then it then it was sampled and became a worldwide global phenomenon hit, being in number one in like how many countries? Like Turkey, New Zealand, Australia, most of Europe. I mean, it had its own TV show. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It like was, the popularity of that of of a ringtone. Okay, so Crazy Frog. Here's a little trivia for it. Crazy yeah. Frog was originally known as the annoying thing. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, but if it annoyed people so much, how did it become so incredibly popular? Yeah, it's true. A bit like Mrs. Brown's Boys. So, but it, but it was originally, the character was created to accompany a sound effect produced by a guy called Daniel Madamal, 
who was attempting to imitate the sound of a two-stroke engine. Ring, ding, 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 ding. Ring, ding, 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 It's what he said. It's my, it's my, it's my, it's my warning of Greasy Fist Joe song. Oh, no. Oh, you've missed a trick. The crazy frog. You could be so rich. Anyone like Crazy Frog? I mean, it was huge. Is it a comedy song? Okay, there's the question. If you write to us at songs in the key of laugh at gmail.com and tell us, did you think the Crazy Frog is a comedy song or just an irritating bit of electronica? What's going on? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We're we're just we're joking. Sorry, everybody. I hope we haven't just lost the entire the entire listenership. I just think that's weird. Why even try and write a call? Why even try and write songs if that if that's going to go to number one? It's like ding 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 Oh, oh no, that wasn't jazzy. No, do a jazz song. Sing, ding, 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 Phil, it's my favourite part of the show. <laughs> you say that all the time. I know, I say that about every single part of my show. Um, right. It was every single part of your show. I didn't say that. You did. You said every single part of my show. Our show, Phil. You said my show. Oh, it's our show. I know. Yeah, keep going. And it's also your show. Um, <laughs> we're about to do the uh, comedy song competition. Contest. Yeah, that. Um, so uh, we've had loads and loads of uh, songs coming in again, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Please keep sending them in. We want to hear the songs that you are writing. Well, so it is a proper contest. It and, is. And there's there's prize money, guys. What, prize- what is the prize money, Phil? <laughs> it's a trip to the Honduras. <laughs> it's not a trip to the Honduras. but You get a gold leaf uh, magnet book. <laughs> you, you get to write camels through Oman. And to do that, all you need to do is send in your songs to songsinthekeyoflove at gmail.com. Now, Phil, who have we got this week? Well, this week we've got a doozy Uh, of a a song song from Masters of the Scene. They're a comedy band from Preston, Lancashire, and they're made up of Phil and Roxanne. They've been kicking out the jam since November 2009. And this song is called Dad Bod. Contemplate your tools. You got. 
I can see why you picked that one, David. What, what do you mean, <laughs> Phil? Because you're about to be a dad. Yeah, and, you know, m- maybe I'm looking for every ounce of uh, a- every, anything every, I can every, get. Every pound. Every. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. We're going to get given a song we know and have to change it up and make it so hysterical that you win the cup. This game is really easy. Just follow all the rules. The rules are really simple. You're not allowed. It's the quick fire parody game round. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know the rules are I give David the name of an artist and a song and then and he doesn't know what's going to be. And he has to come up with a, the quickest <laughs> parody that he can possibly come up with in the time allotted, which is no time at all. And then he'll do the same to me. Or maybe this week you should give me the one. Maybe no, I, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go first this week, Phil. Okay. Um, I, I think you went first last week. Okay. So All right, then. Well, I think... uh, well, the artist I'm going to give you is Ray Charles. One of my faves. One of your, I know because I know you're a keyboard player and I know you like the guy. And the song is I Got a Woman. Do you know the song? I Got a I Woman. Got a woman. All across town. All over 
So it's a quick fire parody game, and I've given David the name of the artist, and I've given David the name of the song, and he's now going to come up with a quick fire parody. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go oh, for it. Song. This is this is poor. Uh, <laughs> it's really good when you, you say got, that you before got, you start. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, don't do that. This is gonna be great. <laughs> this is gonna be. Here we go. This is gonna be supremely bad. <laughs> I know a German <laughs> way over town. He's good to me. He's good. Oh yeah. He's very good. I know a German. I got the German way over town. <laughs> He's good to me. He's good. That's good. Oh yeah. He teaches German <laughs> when he... I'm in need. Yeah, he's a kind of German that you need. <laughs> I know a German. I got a German. Way over town. He's good. He's good. He's good to me. He's good. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Dreadful. No. I mean, I would. Got, you could go. Actually, you could make something out of that because you could just put German all the way through, like schnell, and play it faster. <laughs> <laughs> I got a German. Way over town. Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire parody game. Okay, Phil. Um, Can I just say, I generally thought I got a German. Was good. I was know good. a German. I, I, I got a German. a German. It's very possessive. Yeah, but you could have a German cross town. I, no, I don't. It could be like your Bratwurst salesman. <laughs> right, it's your turn. Okay. Um, Phil, I'd like you to do Etta James. Ooh, okay, I like Etta James. I know you do. Um, can you please do uh, It Must Be Love? It Must Be Love? Yeah. Oh, um, something's got to hold. It's called Something's Got to Hold on Me. Is, Is it? it? I don't know. Okay, well, well you know the song. You know the song. Uh, I, I, well, I'm glad that you do because you're the one who's going to parody, parody oh, oh, it. Now. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'll do the beginning. Okay. Oh, sometimes I have no feeling. Yeah. I have no feeling because I never, 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 never felt nothing before. And I. I just want to tell y'all right now that uh, I believe, I really do believe that I've got nothing to hold. Yeah, I'm wearing gloves. Oh, I've got nothing to hold right now, child. Oh, I'm wearing gloves. Let me tell you now, I got a feeling I feel so strange. Nothing's going on between my hands and my brain. <laughs> step by step, I got a brand new walk. I even sound sweeter when I talk. I said, whoa. 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 Yeah. I'm wearing gloves. You know, I'm wearing gloves. Yeah. Gloves. Gloves. Okay, that wasn't probably my best effort. <laughs> Do you write comedy songs? Ever dream of being the next Tim Minchin? Or being Tim Minchin? That's weird. Yeah. Why not enter our Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition and maybe appear on our podcast? With Tim Minchin. That's better. The Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition. Enter today. Visit songsinthekeyoflaugh.com for details. Okay, Phil. 
We are now going to introduce our guest, who is a wonderful mutual friend of ours. Yes, it brings us to our interview section of Songs in the Key of Laugh. And this week's guest is not only a great comedy musician, she's also one of my dearest friends. She's played on stage with me. She's played in shows with me. She's driven a car around with me in it. And she's been on tour with me. She's phenomenal. She's hilarious. She's wonderful. And she is Kirsty New. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The guest on today's show guest. is someone you like. I know. Hope you do. And if you don't, that's your own fault. You'll know them soon. You boy, you will. This jingle has been personalized uh-huh. for a guest that we hope that you recognize. Uh-oh. And this week their name is Insert Name Here. It's Kirsty Newton. Kirsty Newton is a an all round muso, uh, funny lady. Uh, she played with Mitch Ben and the Distractions. She runs a Distraction Club, a um, a monthly gig in sunny downtown London. Um, she's played with Rich Hall. She's played with Phil Nickel. That's me. Wait a minute. I'm talking about myself in the third person. Uh, she's done it all really, and, uh, and and is also a fantastic musical director in her own right. So welcome to Kirsty Newton. Hi, Kirsty. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Two of my favorite Hello. characters. Hello. Yeah. I think we should, we should probably have like an applause thing where I go, "Welcome, Kirsty Newton," and you hear, "Yay!" Yay! I, I can arrange that. Can you? Can you? I can you? Don't have to do my own like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it in, definitely. <laughs> we'll do. Yeah, what we'll do is we'll just sample that and then I'll and I'll tweak it. So there's hundreds of you cheering your own name. Oh, that's like my last night's dream. <laughs> yeah. Why? What was your, what was your last night's dream? It was that. Yeah, just. Uh, well, no, well, well, <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't just say. Was, was were they cheering you on? Because I just imagine you only ever mentioned last night's dream if it's like. Um, yeah, and then what happened? <laughs> yeah, then then I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep, and then went down a rabbit hole of reading about pathological liars. Um, that was that was my last night actually, but um, but that's nothing to do with musical comedy. It's just I think it's funny. Do what's what sort of music do you listen to, Kirsty? Do you listen to popular music or or do you like old uh, funk or folk or what's your thing? What's your I band? listen to a lot of stuff because I like the variety so i like i like i actually like listening to the radio and, I, and in the, if i'm in the car i will usually kind of flip through all the radio stations just until i find something that makes me go oh what's that or something i can you know belt out really at the top of my voice with the windows down and make people jump 
at Chuffy if, li- if I'm listening to <laughs> car radio, I like to go for like, I, I dial around till I hear something like... Um, that, that, the, I I, the UCB is the one that I always kind of go, I have to have, have a little listen to this Christian kind of, yeah, they're really <laughs> earnest. They really mean it. They really yeah. mean it. It's amazing to me. I love it. I love it. Uh, but yeah, and then a bit of Greek kind of traditional stuff. But what were you going to say, Phil? Sorry. No, I, I, traditional Greek stuff. Love. I love a bazooki. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, yeah. This is, I would never, <laughs> I would never choose to listen to this, but it, there it is. And I'm choosing to listen to it now. And, oh, but, but no, but I, I do like listening to, recently I've been listening to a lot of kind of music by young bands and young artists. Like, um, there's a, a, a female artist called Arlo Parks, who I was like listening to. And she was kind of, she was on the radio a lot. And I, I really liked her. And then I was like, Wait a minute! I used to teach her. <laughs> I, I used to teach her. I I I, I hadn't because that's her stage name, right? So I, I was like, wait a minute! I was her music teacher. So I'm slightly responsible for her being this like you know award-winning artist. But actually, yeah. I'm well, clear, clearly not. But yeah, I think I taught her recorder. Uh, no, don't you? Don't, also, don't, it makes, don't, me, don't, don't. makes me makes me feel like this kind of old wizened kind of. Oh, back in the day. But, you know, she's she's very young. When she gets her Grammy and she mentions you... Um, she won't, though. She, like, I, I, I taught her, like, for a year when she was eight. You never know. That could have been the year that, you know, made everything work for her. <laughs> well, when you get your Grammy, you can mention her. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. I thank Arlo Parks for... For all of the support she gave me as a I young I love your optimism. I love your optimism. This, Arlo Parks is, the, is a pianist, right? She play piano. Um, I think she, no. She's just a kind of a bit of everything. Oh. She was she was very. I remember she was very very good as a kid. Like you know, some kids just stand out and you go, "You're amazing. You just got naturally got it." And she kind of mm. just really good I at mean, everything. That's, so so the thing is, okay. So this actually brings us to, brings us to a more interesting question though, than because the idea of asking people what they listen to is to the idea is to figure out um, what their inspiration is. But actually, as a music teacher, you've probably inspired countless musical minds. So I think it's an exceptional thing to do. Yeah, I, I kind of got into that by accident because my, my lovely friend, Russell, who we, we lived together um, in terrible houses as students, and he, he went straight from completing his music degree into um, this job in Fulham, Fulham Prep and he at the time like this school was tiny so he was the only music teacher and then the school kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they needed another music teacher and he was going you'd be perfect come on I was like over my dead body I will never be a teacher and then he kind of wore me down and I got bored of being a shop girl um and being kind of talked down to by the public so I ended up being a teacher because the great thing about uh public uh, yeah, private school is that you don't need any qualifications you can just get by on on you know natural razzmatazz <laughs> natural razzmatazz that's <laughs> uh that's on my cv <laughs> <laughs> I should put that on mine I I, I I'm I'm also a uh, a music teacher um and uh yes I, I don't have a degree um but we know what we're doing, which is lovely. Exactly, and, same here. You know, after a few years, the kids they stop talking down to you, which makes it much easier. Exactly. So. <laughs> what is so? What is your your actual musical background? Because uh, this is a question we ask everyone. Right? You're so you're not conservatoire. You are bedroom genius, right? No, because I did learn. I did have um, piano lessons, so I I did. Um, we, well, only because my primary school music teacher 
Well, my primary school teacher, who also was the music teacher of the school. I went to a school that's literally over there behind you. Um, and she got my parents in when I was about eight or nine and said, right. you need to get a piano and I'm going to help you. Kind of, there's, a, there's this amazing teacher called Sylvia Forbes and she teaches at the Manchester School of Music and she's got a really long waiting list, but we can help you skip that. Yeah. So both me and Heather benefited from this as well. So we both kind of got driven an hour to, well, 45 minutes to Manchester every Saturday morning mm. and had this brilliant piano teacher. She was she was fantastic. She was really good at kind of focusing on the musicality rather than the technicality, which is was, to me, very boring. Um, so she managed to kind of slip that in <laughs> when I wasn't noticing and just made it everything really fun. She was a very eccentric... Uh, kind of tiny four foot eleven Lancastrian kind of powerhouse she was like this she had a different hat for every day of the year she lived in a bright pink house <laughs> and she had like a stave like a wooden uh, like a wrought iron stave on her on her gates on her drive wow. which had um, B G G S sharp which is who is Sylvia which was her name which oh. was it was a, a lovely musical joke but in wrought iron on her yeah. drive she was a very, very cool lady and totally ageless. I didn't know how old she was. She was really twinkly. She always had like barley sugar sweets or Fox's Glacier Mints to give you. And, and she made everything really fun. She'd dance around while you were playing and really tell, get you to tell stories with the music. And, but sadly, she died when I was 13. And looking now with hindsight, that's kind of when I started going, what's the point? I'm going off the rails now. Why? Why? <laughs> I know that feeling very, very much. I um, one of one of my music teachers, um, one of my piano teachers that I had um, had decided um, decided that I should try and play try and play some jazz, which was very, very nice. But um, when when we were talking about this, he said, "Oh yes, so we're going to play Brian Adams <laughs> um, because apparently." Brian Adams was jazz, um, and so that was that. It, it's not jazz. Uh, I learnt that very, very quickly, um, and then moved teachers. Um, but also, about 13, 13, 14, I went, uh, no, not anymore. And but then I picked up the blues, and that kind of uh, changed changed my idea of the piano, which was which was nice. Having having the right teacher is so so so. It was. Important, but I think the, the the important thing was that I was already I was absolutely fascinated with pianos even because we didn't have one. So any time I was anywhere there was a piano, I'd kind of sneak up to it and have a little. And then, you know, I could always just pick out song and play by ear and stuff. like. So I was always already doing that. And I think that's what my teacher was trying to channel that into actually being able to play rather than just playing with, you know, these fingers. Do you rem What's the first comedy song that you remember hearing? Because I'm assuming, knowing a little bit about you, that you've got a, an ear for... Funny, funny stuff as well. Um, yeah, I we had a, a brilliant. We had lots of record. My dad was a huge, huge music fan and had a huge record collection and listened to me. Well, they even built their own house so they could he could play his records as loud as he wanted well, because he'd kind of grown so up in a house cool. where he wasn't allowed to do that. So <laughs> yeah, actually, it was cheaper for them to 
to build a house than to buy a house. So they just kind of built it next to a wood in the middle of nowhere where they, and he just used to blast out music all the time. So I, that's what I grew up with. And he, so we had our own records from being tiny, tiny. I can't, you know, I can't remember not having records. And um, our favorite kids records were um, like a compilation called All Aboard, which had loads of different kind of funny songs and songs for kids. But so I guess the, the, my favorites of that were Right Said Fred, by Bernard Cribbins and uh, the GNU song by Flanders and Swan. And so they had that kind of thing. It had things like The Laughing Policeman and The Ugly Duckling and things like that. It had all that. But also my other favourite uh, was the Muppets album that I had. So I, the big influence was Muppets. In fact, m- one, of my <laughs> one of my nicknames at primary school was Fraggle. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that because no, it's, a pod, it's a podcast, but you, can you describe yourself then, Fraggle? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, um, yes, no one has ever argued with that. They've all gone, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess because I'm because I've got red hair, I've got kind of big, fluffy red hair, um, like like red fraggle. And I'm, I'm kind of kind of bouncy and smiley. I You've guess, got fraggle I energy. Well, yeah. You've got fraggle energy. Is it yeah, fraggle, fraggle energy. energy. That's, what the, that's what the kids are saying now, right? They're saying big, big fraggle energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess those were my, my kind of really formative. And my dad used to play things like Tom Lehrer. And uh, so, yeah, I, I had a kind of quite a... And I, I used to watch Victoria Wood and just, you know, and that the oldest songs they used to do and things like the, Not the Nine O'Clock News mm. and... And we were allowed to watch Monty Python, even though it was naughty, because mm. we we were allowed. That was one of the <laughs> ones we were allowed to watch, which we shouldn't really have been watching at those ages. But yeah, I get, so I guess all those songs kind of went in there somewhere. Yeah, I remember yeah. my brother, we weren't allowed to really listen to too much secular music. And so only, only the odd little bit got escaped out. And then my brother, when he was old enough to have a car, he had a cassette deck in his car. And he used to be naughty and listen to uh, Monty Python albums in there and I remember sit on sit on my face was one when I as a nine ten year old I didn't even really know what it meant to be honest but it just felt it just sounded funny sit on my face and tell (laughs) me that you love me and I think my brother my brother (laughs) would laugh even harder at me (laughs) laughing at it because he knew what it meant and I didn't know what it meant Mm. (laughs) yeah I think this is uh, even when you don't completely understand why something is so funny you it's still funny Mm. and you could still find something in it and I think a lot of kids pick up on the energy of a joke as well it's it, maybe not the you know the whole meaning of it but it's also the delivery isn't it and just like things like the young ones you know i didn't i didn't really understand a lot of what was going but it, but it was so anarchic and so kind of cartoony at the same time it was so much fun you know i just i i quite like that i've been able to um rediscover these things yeah. old, uh, as I've um, got older. So w- when I first heard Monty Python and I was very young, I went, oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing in the world. But obviously I saw it in, in one way. Um, but now looking back on it, um, I can go, ah, now I actually fully understand the jokes and the music is still absolutely superb. So it, yeah, it's quite, it's, it's quite nice. It's, um, uh, comedy songs, they tend to have a comedy feel to them, even if they are, I think they've, be- I think they've become more... They become a bit more, um, the music become a bit m- more um, modernized. No, that's not the right word. But like, oh, like old comedy songs, like, but the music hall, or the Muppet theme. It sounds upbeat and funny. And 
it just immediately they they reek of comedy songs, but comedy songs have become a much more. I'm, I'm trying to sublime sort of start. Um, yeah, there's there's more nuance now, and it, or the, or or you especially if you're doing like a parody of something, mm. especially if something a parody of something quite po-faced, then you know it's called the, the 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 juxtaposition of the lyrics with very serious music can also really work. I remember like. I guess I'm trying to think about what I was watching when I was a kid. That would be kind of watching par- like French and Saunders doing parodies and things like mm. that, I guess. And uh, just, yeah, that be- it being funny because it was close to the original, but, but, but it wasn't kind of hamming it up so much in the music, just more in the, in the performances. But it's actually yeah. really hard to get a really good, par- a really good parody. I think it's. I think once you've got the concept, it is. And we had a uh, actually when we were doing. So I I kind of started Distraction Club. It was our tenth anniversary the other day. Can you believe? Was it? Uh, so the Distraction Club was a musical comedy night in London until a year ago, um, which uh, we we only put on musical comedy uh, comedy. So it was either comedians who wanted to do some music, or it was, you know. Purely musical comedy, but we had quite a few comedians going. Can I? Can I just not do any music? And we were like, No, that's not the point. The point is, there's very few places where it's just musical comedy. In fact, there's oh, apart from the musical comedy awards, which is like once in a blue moon, mm. there there wasn't anywhere that was purely musical comedy. So we wanted to kind of get the musical comedians together because, and I I I loved curating it because I try and put on really completely different acts next to each other so you know just to show the kind of the breadth of, of the genre um and the different kinds of talent within it but um w- um when we we started we had a fast rule which was people were not allowed to just turn up and to change the words to a song because it was we wanted to show that it was more than that yeah. because a lot of people were doing it and some people do it really well but some people were doing it quite lazily um, so it was just that whole thing of actually we want to showcase people who've put a bit more effort and thought into it. So that was the on and, and then occasionally we'd let somebody get away with it if they were really good at it, <laughs> and they did other stuff. So yeah, I I, I loved the, the the distraction club. Um, uh, me and Lily oh, yes, as the Ruby Darlings came and did that once. <coughs> we we also we also did the alternative Eurovision oh, yes. contest together actually god i forgot i did that yes yeah <laughs> that was yeah, a it, was. it was a very, very good fun it was good yeah i forgot i totally forgot i did that just to just to mention the others for distraction club just because uh you know i haven't seen them in ages and and actually since i've moved up north i i've, I've kind of left a lot of it to to them but um big shout out for mitch ben and Ivan Shepard, who's the other distraction in the distractions now, and uh, Matt Blair, who does all the yeah. teching. So let's talk about musical comedy more specifically for a second. How you you've you've written musical comedy songs. You you said earlier that you've, you've not written as many as your partner, but you've written you've written quite. A well, few. I know I've written a few. You've written a few. Um, I wrote my first one when I was six. You wrote? Do you remember it? Oh. Yeah. What was it? I mean, I wrote. I don't think the guitar's in tune. I wrote it on guitar <laughs> before I, pl- I had a piano. Um, I couldn't play guitar either, but it was like a three-chord thing. I'm, I'll play it on the piano, but it was on the guitar. Um, it's a classic. Let me, let me introduce. A six-year-old uh, Kirsty Newton sings her first comedy song. I'm also going to sing it an octave down. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> no one wants okay. to hear that. There was a man who had a dog And the doggy did something, so he threw it out And what did that poor dog do after that? The poor dog, he sat on a log And he said, Woof, 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 woof Join in the second verse. I can, yeah, definitely. <laughs> there was a man who had a cat, and the cat did something, so he threw it out. <laughs> and what did that poor cat do after that? What do you think the cat did? It went, went meow, 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 meow. Before that, though, what did it do? The poor cat, he sat on a Sat on a mat <laughs> and he said There were many 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 verses. <laughs> there was a there was a frog, there was a sheep. There were, I mean, there were, there, I, I just, do you know what? Just before, <laughs> I just texted Heather and said, what other verses were there to the man, the dog song? <laughs> and she, <laughs> she, <laughs> she just had this whole list. I was like, wow, I was, that was a long song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that man was an abuser. Yeah. Uh, I called the RSPCA on him and uh, yeah, that was the end of the song. <laughs> um <laughs> So it brings us to my favourite part of the interview, which is we've asked you to prepare a song for us. Um, Kirsty, it would be absolutely wonderful if you could, um, if you could please sing us one of your beautiful, beautiful comedy okay. songs. Would you like the song that I've got the most complaints about? Okay. Absolutely. This is on you then. Sally always wished she had a sister Someone there to share the good times and the bad Frequently she felt her life was lacking something fundamental And she longed for the sibling love she never had So one day she went and asked her dear old mama Why she ended up a lonely only child But she wasn't ready for the explanation When her mama sat her down and then she smiled you ate your twin in the womb We weren't sure if you were evil or just needed more room You ate your twin in the womb Now Sally never asks no one's own questions anymore Yes, he's jolly, isn't it? Danny was a quiet boy who never fitted in But nobody knew why he was so depressed It's the reason Danny never gets undressed He ate his twin in the womb Well, he kind of just absorbed him So it's not all doom and gloom He ate his twin in the womb That 
That's why Danny's shoulder has a nose, one ear and several teeth. Well, I've got something to tell you, you need to understand. There's a scientific theory that you started off first too. Now there's no point in denying it, cause we're all onto you. You ate your twin in the womb. Don't think you got away with it, those siblings you consumed. You ate your twin. scissors cause your brother was your food you ate your twin and the woo I knew that lot was sinister and now we got the proof you ate your twin in your own mother's womb now everybody knows all those weird left-handed folks are disgusting dirty cannibals yay <laughs> Christy Newton Thank you for coming on. Thank you for Songs having me. So laugh podcast with David Timms and myself, Phil Nickel. That was absolutely fantastic. Thank you for chatting with us. You're welcome. And, uh, and here is our goodbye jingle. Yay. Goodbye, adios, farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well. But we have other things to get on with now, so you're gonna have to go. I'm sure our paths will cross again, but whoever really knows? It's been fun, it's been musical, it's been comical at times. But now we have to leave you, so goodbye, goodbye. That brings us to the end of another episode of Songs in the Key of Laugh with David Timms. And Phil Nickel. And, and that was Kirsty Newton you were listening to. Please check out Kirsty. You're going to absolutely adore the woman. And also Masters of the Scene, congratulations on entering the Comedy Song Contest. Not competition. Contest. Yeah, contest. Competition. If you'd like to hear more or see more from Kirsty Newton, why not go to her website, KirstyNewton.com, or follow her on Twitter at Kirsty Newton or on Instagram at Doodles. And please do keep on sending us in your comedy songs for the Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition at songsinthekeyoflaugh at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this podcast, join us at patreon.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh or coffee.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh. I've been David Tim. And I'm Phil Nickel. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.